What is up, everyone listening? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I'm bringing back another compilation episode because, you know, this year is coming to a close, and I wanted to give a little bit more of motivation for you guys to start the new year off on the right foot. So I kind of looked back through my episodes in the 100s, and in this special episode, I actually brought two bigger picture episodes where we look at redefining success and looking at what true you know weight loss and fat loss success actually looks like and then also looking at your legacy that you're going to leave behind when it comes to your health and when we actually reflect on that it might not be where it is or should be at this point because as you and I both know when we get into the rabbit hole of always trying to lose weight, we can do some drastic things. And then to finish off this episode, I'm bringing two specific nutritional episodes that I did probably two and a half or three years ago, and it's still the same advice I give today (laughs) on habit-based nutrition and looking at the basics and mastering the basics. So I'm excited to bring this to you to kind of give you a little, you know, push in the right direction, start manifesting good energy, manifesting your goals for 2022, and to be successful. So without further ado, let's get this episode going. And again, I apologize if there's an abrupt stop between each episode because you and I both know I ramble like nobody's business, and sometimes it's hard to just shut me up and just cut me off. So Bear with me when we get through these four episodes. Here we go. I posted this video about um, redefining what successful weight loss or success in fitness and health really is. Because I feel and I find that, you know, working over the years with so many different people that, you know, I get a new client and they're like, boom, I want to, I want to lose 60 pounds. I'm like, awesome. But, you know, maybe losing 60 pounds isn't what you actually want or what you need to get to. Because, you know, when people make the decision that they're going to be healthy from now on, they automatically assume that they have to lose weight, that they have to have this huge transformation to make it a success, you know. For me, I lost 60 pounds. It was a huge transformation. And I believe that it was on purpose. That was my journey. I was supposed to be on that journey because now look where I'm at, where I'm helping so many people, not only locally, but also internationally and different places in the world. And that was my journey, my transformation. That was my success for weight loss. Maybe you or someone that you know that's really struggling with weight loss and is not seeing the weight come off, maybe because you know they're trying to do all the right things but it hasn't clicked and maybe their success should be redefined to something else. So here's an example. When I've been training a lot of general population people who have their own businesses, they have multiple kids, they have this and that, they have so many different responsibilities, Maybe their success in health and fitness is to be able to go to the gym once a week 
with ever, without ever missing one appointment. And with that one day a week, their joints feel better. You know, their back doesn't hurt anymore. They have energy to run around and chase their kids. Maybe that's what your success should be. You know, maybe you have to make, make that mindset shift and not think, you know, I'm only going to be happy if I lose 15 pounds. You know, what if you're not, you know, emotionally and like physically and also like in the time of your life ready to actually do that? Because that does take a lot of sacrifice. Maybe redefine what your goal is. You know, we always talk about like goal setting and like you need to um, pick a goal and everyone's like, yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to I want to do this. But no one ever talks about, you know, yes, my goal is to lose 15 pounds. But right now in my life, I don't think I can make the sacrifices to, you know, track what I'm eating, to see how many calories I'm at, to prep all my meals, to make sure I do this and make sure I do that. Maybe it's not your time yet, but maybe your success for health is to do that example I gave earlier of one day a week or going outside for a walk five days a week for 10 minutes. And if you use that to kind of get the momentum going and you keep consistent at that, you know, walk or going to the gym one day a week, then when you're actually ready and you're like, you know what, I've been doing good, I've been consistent, I have a little bit more time on my schedule, I'm going to focus on my nutrition, I'm going to focus on this thing, I'm going to focus on that thing, and then I will get to my ultimate goal of 15 pounds. Not everyone has to have a huge transformation to be successful. I think people in the general population nowadays are successful if they can maintain a happy and healthy body if they can move better feel better wake up in the morning without feeling like they were beat up by a two by four and it takes them like 20 minutes to get out of bed then you've won like that's amazing think about our world today how it's structured our bodies are not built for the world that we live in right now you can literally stay at home work from home sitting down, have your groceries, you know, delivered to you, get a book from Amazon within 24 hours. And hell, if you live in certain parts of the world, you can get stuff from Amazon through a drone dropped to your door. You never have to leave. And now you're supposed to get up and start moving and sweating. And you're like, oh my God, this doesn't feel good. And yeah, you know what I mean? So I think for all the people listening who are just fitness enthusiasts, I want you to really think and reevaluate what your actual goal is. It doesn't have to be a huge transformation. And all the coaches listening with your clients, you know, like I've seen this a bunch of times where cl- or coaches push their own goals and their agenda onto their client without actually communicating with them and figuring out if that's what they really want. Look at the clues and things that they mention and see if they actually really, really want to do that huge transformation. Maybe just getting them consistent with, you know, drinking a glass of water every day. That could be huge. It could be that small. Focus on the small wins and shift the mindset of 
I need to have a drastic change to make this worthwhile or even worth doing. That's just my take. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, someone requested me to talk about sugar and I was like thinking about, you know, what should I, you know, bring up when it comes to this because there's so much research out there where um, sugar is bad for you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm no expert when it comes to that kind of stuff, but when it comes to calories, food, I love numbers. And I actually want to share with you um, an example I actually sent to my client where when we started talking about um, nutrition, I asked her, you know, like, what's her routine when it comes to coffee? I always ask about this because you can find a lot of missing links when it comes to nutrition when you focus on one little thing. So um, she mentioned to me that she goes to Starbucks twice a day to get a venti. I'm actually pulling up an email. Uh, a venti caramel macchiato and I'm like okay I have no clue what that is because if you know me I drink my coffee black nothing in it and I've never like ordered any of these kind of drinks so I'm like okay awesome uh, I told her you know maybe if you like find a less calorie dense drink but it still has some sweetness to it maybe it'll be a better you know fit but I'm like I, I told her that I'm gonna go look up the nutritional value for it and send you an email with all the info and what I think. And I've done this with other clients too and it's a very huge eye-opener. So when I went on Starbucks's website, that drink um, contains 310 calories and 42 grams of sugar. Not that bad when you have one. So then I go on in my email and I'm like, I'm literally reading it right now. Um, I said, like, you know, if you take two of those per day, you're consuming 620 calories and 84 grams of sugar a day. Now, if you span that to your work week, Monday to Friday, that comes out to 3,100 calories and 422 grams of sugar. Fuck, right? Now we're talking some serious shit. So the issue here, if, you know, all the coaches know this, but the people who are listening are just fitness enthusiasts, Technically, one pound of uh, weight is you know, 3,500 calories. And now per week, we're hitting 3,100 calories. So then when I told her, imagine this. You go through your entire month, and you're sitting at 12,400 calories and 1,680 grams of sugar. Holy fuck, right? So this is the issue. Just from... <laughs> Just from um, your one, your two coffees a day, it doesn't even matter what you're doing for exercise or if you're eating healthy. This is what's fucking you up. And I tell people, like, this is something you can work on because you can easily change it with small progressive changes. So my suggestion to her was, like, instead of getting a venti, which is fucking huge... Go to a grande. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, cold turkey, I'm going to eliminate it completely. Just cut it down. So then when I showed her the 
um, calories of the venti, you know, it's still a lot, but over a month, she would um, cut out 2,400 calories and um, 1,020 grams of sugar. Like, that's huge. Like, think about that over a year span. Like, you would actually lose some weight just because of that one little change going from a venti to a grande. That's not a huge like out there request if you had a client struggling with weight loss. So I always look for small things that people can do in their nutrition that doesn't seem that much, you know, time and effort. So I would highly recommend for all the fitness enthusiasts out there, look at the calories that could sneak up on you and especially your coffee and you just change one little thing and it will amount to a lot. And all the coaches out there, I highly recommend you do this little like exercise with your uh, clients and you'd be surprised how much they'll change over a course of a couple months just cutting down from one size to the smaller size. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up that's on my list is um, my update with what's going on with me because you know if you've been listening to my show for a while um i've always had a tough time binge eating like i've always come from a place where eat super clean during the week and just hammer it out and get super super (laughs) stuffed with a lot of crap of food over the weekend and you know, I've been working on this project, what I'll always also bring up after this, but you know, I want to do a photo shoot for it, for the exercises. And my issue is like, man, I just don't feel good about myself to be photographed or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see uh, if I can cut down and get a little bit more defined. And... Um, I started tracking my calories and macros to the point that I calculated every single gram that was going into my body and weight started just coming off really quickly. And I tracked very, very specifically for, I would say, two months before I was like, fuck it, can't do this anymore because we all know that if you give restrictions, you can only last for so long. So after the two months, like I started at 168 and I went down in two months to, um, I think it was 155. And I was like, shit, like I haven't been this light since I did my stupid cutting before my wedding two years ago. And, but like looking in the mirror, I was like, oh, I actually look pretty good. And the weird thing is that even when the two months passed and I tracked, the two months where I was tracking, I didn't binge. I still allowed myself to have things that, you know, if I wanted a couple beers, I had some beers. If I wanted to, I don't know, go out for dinner with my wife, I did that. But for some reason, I didn't have this urge to overeat and feel like shit doing it. So I was like, hey, this is strange because from what I've read, from what I know, if you give someone restrictive um, 
a restrictive diet, you're going into the danger zone. I'm like, okay. So after the two months, I kind of stopped tracking and I just kind of ate similar to what I did. Because after the two months, I kind of knew, you know, what a certain what, what my size serving size should be for protein, fats, and carbs, and I kind of continued doing that, and I started getting leaner and leaner. And this last month, I started tracking again, and as of like yesterday when I weighed myself, I'm at 148, so I lost 20 pounds, and I'm pretty lean. I'm pretty happy with how I look right now, and I still haven't had a binge craving or binge episode and I'm really curious to why so yesterday um, I had a busy day and you know I was driving home and I called my wife and I'm like you know what let's let's go get some Indian food and I know Indian food for me is a trigger food where I will overeat like crazy so I'm, and I knew this going in so I'm like okay what can I do so I ordered less than usual and I'm like oh, I don't know if it's gonna be enough I'm gonna like force myself to eat more and yesterday my wife and I are eating and I stopped like I just stopped and I'm wondering if because I restricted myself like counting calories and macros and I adjusted my portion sizes that my stomach and hormones or whatever got used to that kind of size of food and then when I had the opportunity to like binge and I got to the point where I'm getting like that I'm supposed to get full, I got full faster, and my stuffed feeling happened a lot sooner than it would usually when I was used to always binging on the weekend. So I'm kind of curious if that's one of the reasons. So I'm going to actually research this further and give you guys an update if I'm right or I'm just speaking out of my ass. But it's kind of interesting that, you know, self-experiment. I always do self-experiments on nutrition on me. And the interesting thing is... I haven't had a binge episode um, since I started this little project. Um, so I had some requests, and I also want to talk about something for myself. Anyway, we're going to start with nutrition because recently I've been having a lot of clients and also new online clients reach out to me. and. You know, the ones that want nutrition coaching, they almost seem that they jump to the hardest stuff first. Meaning, you know, they haven't figured out the, like, the foundations and they're asking me, well, you know, how many grams of fat should I be eating a day? How many, um, like, grams of carbs should I have during the day if I'm working out? And all of those things do matter and you can get there but then when I start investigating even further and you know people are missing meals they are not going to sleep at a reasonable hour or they're not even eating protein and they think their oatmeal in the morning is enough protein or you know they are binging every weekend it's like okay we got some work to do before you worry about how many grams of fat you need to be taking in and you know my industry and the whole health industry in general doesn't do any favors for anyone out there there's almost there's just so much shit out there 
that confuses people. Like I literally had a client ask me, how many grams or milligrams of salt should I have per day? And I'm like, dude, you don't even drink a glass of water a day. Why are you worrying about salt intake? Like, it's so weird that when it comes to nutrition, people are always looking for the hardest thing because they think that, you know, because they're not losing weight, they have to do the most extreme thing in order to see the result. But in reality, it's the foundational, you know, eating patterns, habits, whatever you want to call them, that will make you successful and doing them for a really long time. It's not like anything else. For some reason, everybody has this idea in their head that in order to be successful in weight loss, they can use the quick and easy way out, whereas in anything, anything in life does not apply to that rule or thought process. You know, if you wanted to become a millionaire, you're not going to do that in eight weeks. You're going to have to work your ass off for years in order to see that outcome. You know, if you wanted to become a professional whatever, it's not going to happen in eight weeks. You have to perfect the skill in order to see that result for a very, very long time. So it's really interesting and kind of weird to me that people, when they look at health and fitness and weight loss, that in eight weeks they can change everything and get the result they want. And then people get frustrated. So it's a combination of shitty marketing that makes you believe that you can change all your issues that you've developed over the last 10, 20 years of bad eating habits in eight weeks. And when you give someone something simple like, let's just focus on you getting more than a cup of water a day, makes that individual angry that I'm not giving them something more difficult because they think that's what's going to get them there. Give yourself some grace and slow down and focus on fundamentals. If you're not eating protein at every single meal, if you're not eating vegetables at every single meal, if you're not getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night, and if you're not exercising, say, three to four times a week, then focus on those things first before you worry about how much salt you're taking in or how many carbs you're having in the day. Stop jumping to things that are more difficult that are outside of your reach. Grab the low-bearing, hanging fruit from the tree and focus on that first. You know, all the people listening that are not coaches, this will resonate quite a bit. And the coaches out there, this should help you as well because, you know, you work with everyday people. Meet the client halfway where they're at and find what will work with them. You know, many times clients have full-time jobs, they have kids, and then the kids' sports, and then on top of that, they're most likely coaching and then on top of that they have other you know engagements and things that they have to do like find what will work with them and it's usually focusing on the basics i can't stress that enough like fundamentals first basics always start there don't worry about what new diet has come out on facebook or the ketogenic diet like 
just just stop focus on the basics it's not rocket science and then do it for a very very long time and you will see the result you want now the other thing i wanted to bring up is um bad client experiences because i did a little rant episode about you know bad trainer experiences and someone reached out to me and they're like hey you know it'd be kind of interesting to see if you had a bad client experience and you know I've had a handful but it's not that common and when it comes to bad uh, client experiences it's usually because they have been having a bad day or um, something's going on in their life and they just kind of take it out on you and the one I remember a long time ago when I was training at my first um, personal training studio was I was um, covering for the manager's client at the time and her personality right off the bat it was kind of like you know she has the you know so-called resting bitch face and she liked things in a particular way kind of high maintenance so I like I really prepped myself like I studied the crap out of her program to make sure everything was okay and you know we're going through the hour we're talking it's all good and um, we ended um, 45 minutes in usually her um, session would be a full hour but because we ended early she was kind of ticked off and she's like is that it? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's like what the your coach gave me for your program. And she's like, that's unacceptable. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, my sessions always go through a full hour. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Like, I can add another set of exercises to focus on something that you really want. She's like, whatever, fine, let's do that. And then, you know, we go through our set. We have five minutes left of the hour. I stretched her out. And she's like... This session was unacceptable. I can't believe that, you know, you're depriving me of my time. I'm going to speak to your manager right after this session. Like, okay. And it just, like, I honestly don't know what happened. Like, after that session, you know, we still talked and we were on good terms. Like, honestly, I think she had a really bad day. Um, it, it was just weird like for her to unleash that on me you know what I mean but that's what people do right like they'll build up all this baggage and then the moment they meet someone in a intimate one-on-one setting that screwed up so-called screwed up they will unleash it on you and you know it's kind of unfair for people to do that in any situation but honestly that's kind of the only bad experience I can think about where a client was, you know, rude to me. But overall, I haven't really had really bad experiences, but I've seen other um, experiences from other coaches where the client kind of pushed their buttons. And I remember at the same gym, um, the manager at the time, 
he was training one of uh, my clients, and we trained in a rotational system where if I trained Bobby B on Monday, then another coach would train Bobby B on a Wednesday. So you kind of all the coaches shared the hours. Um, so I was training my client, and I saw my other client, Bobby B, we'll call him, training with the manager. And um, they were kind of arguing about something. And then the next thing I know, I like I see, is the manager just like, kind of said like f this essentially, walked off the training floor and went to his office and closed the door halfway through the session. I was like, holy crap! Like what happened? And then my client just left. And then after further investigation, um, the client's personality is one of those like really really big and out there and hated training legs so my client uh, my manager gave the client uh, like split squats like heavy split squats and he didn't want to do them to a point where he just like cut the reps in half and he's like oh that's it I'm not going to do any more and then my manager was like kind of explained to him like hey no you have to do them but the type of person my manager is it's like a lot of ego and both of those egos kind of clashed and they both kind of just went their separate ways and I'm like Stuff like that, like I, I get it, you know, clients will be frustrating, but you shouldn't, you know, just say like F this. Like in my profession, you need to have a lot of patience for clients because they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I have my own issues and my own shit to deal with. But, you know, showing that to your client, just I just feel like that's not professional. And... You know, it takes a certain type of person to um, be in this profession. And I always think about one of my clients who's a kindergarten teacher. And I'm like, how do you have the patience for, like, 30 children that are in between the ages of, like, 5 or 6 or whatever the age that um, children are in kindergarten? And I'm like, that takes a lot of patience. And then I always think back to that per, my my client and how she deals with 30 kids on you know a daily basis and I'm like okay if she can do that I can take on all the shit that clients put on me and it's not like bad shit it's just like they bring your their baggage with them and they unleash it on you you're almost like a psychologist if you really think about it and I've had clients tell me some heavy shit and you know like after a long day of training clients from morning to night like you're like damn like I am <laughs> I am emotionally tired because you it does take a toll on you but I've always made this kind of like vow in my head without even knowing that I would never never unleash myself to be like you know what F this I don't need to hear this this is not my shit to deal with it's yours boom you know as a coach you're there to listen there to guide that individual because they are paying you for something they are you know vulnerable to so why would you want to make that experience even worse you know that that's just like how i think and recently i've been really thinking about my career as you know how, how would i want to leave it as a legacy you know and i want my legacy to be that when a client trains with me or is finished training with me, they generally feel that I wanted to make them better and have this like giant heart 
to help as many people as possible without expecting anything in return. And I think when you start thinking in those terms about your legacy, it kind of opens your eyes to this bigger picture of what, you know, you are meant to do on this earth. And in my case, being a coach is not just about getting people fit and losing weight and making money off of it. It's making the world a better place that, you know, coming from my own weight loss story, I was super vulnerable and felt like being trapped in my own body. And I hated that feeling. So anytime I have a new client where, you know, they want to lose weight, they're kind of like embarrassed of how they look and they have no confidence, I'm like, fuck, I was there. I totally understand what you're going through. And then when I see them struggling through the process, like it, it hits me right deep down in my heart. And I'm like, God, I just want to make this person better. And I will never quit on a client, even if they go on a hiatus for a year and then come back. Like I will never turn someone down no matter how much they're struggling. And I think that is the most important thing for a coach is that you can never give up on somebody, no matter what they're going through, even if they yell at you or whatever. It's almost like I look at it as I'm parenting and my clients are my children. They will give you F-bombs. They'll tell you they fucking hate you. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, you do it out of love. And it's kind of fitting that at the beginning of this episode, I was telling all of my listeners listening right now that I love them for doing this. And I'm sorry I'm getting all, like, lovey-dovey, but, like, this is from the bottom of my heart. Like, like damn, right? Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at coaches need to open up their eyes to see what the bigger picture is. Think about what you want your legacy to be. And then the people listening to this show that are fitness enthusiasts, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want you know, fitness and health to be just a thing you have to do or something that you can enjoy to make your life you know, longer and when you're in your 70s still able to move around and travel the world and do whatever you want? So I think that's something you should think about is what is your legacy going to be on this earth um so let's get right into it i want to keep this short just like all my other solo episodes um so nutrition the first episode i did this i kind of went with the basics what i kind of start with and how i approach nutrition with any person like i mentioned earlier it's individual and you know Lately, I've been chatting with a lot of new online clients, which is really interesting because probably the past two weeks, I've had at least five people reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, and email asking about online coaching. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of weird that all it kind of all happened at the same time. And, um, you know, the ones who signed up for nutrition coaching or the ones who signed up for nutrition coaching and fitness coaching at the same time always ask me like you know how do you do nutrition and how I started is I go based on habit-based nutrition and the way I approach it is I have this huge intake form uh, for my nutrition coaching clients where it's about 27 pages long 
and it's a questionnaire of you know medical history, what your experience with previous diets are, what your goals are, what your social um, surroundings kind of look like, what your environment looks like, because everything has an influence on how you eat. And from there, I kind of figure out maybe what the best approach is to start with. And it's always, for me, I always pick one thing at a time to ensure my online clients and my in-person clients um, see success. Because the worst thing to do is, yep, I'm going to sign you up as a client. Here's what I want you to do for nutrition. Here's 30 things to focus on. And you end up only doing one or two. And then you already feel like you're not progressing because you can't hit all 30. So I always start with one thing. And it can be anything. So this is why I have this intake form. Because it will give me what we need to focus on what the biggest red flag is and try to figure out a way to make it as simple as possible. So an example would be, you know, I would have someone um, fill out the form and I notice that, you know, they don't eat breakfast whatsoever. That's not a bad thing, but then I further investigate. I'm like, okay, well, tell me how you feel when you don't eat breakfast. And I literally had this with one client where, you know, she said, um, you know, I don't eat breakfast because I'm super busy. Um, she's a CEO of a company and she works crazy hours, like 16 hour days. And she said, the last thing I want to do is wake up even earlier and, you know, make a whole entire breakfast. I usually just grab my coffee and go. I'm like, okay, well, how do you feel throughout the day? She's like, you know, I wake up at five to make it out to work. And then by 9am, I feel like passing out. I'm like, maybe breakfast would be a good idea and then I asked her a little further I'm like okay well how do you feel when you get to lunch she's like oh so much better you know when I get my first meal in I feel amazing you know this is where I figure out okay well maybe intermittent fasting is not the best thing because she said she's been dealing with this for a very long time and you know she does feel better when she has like an early morning meeting and she gets to eat at like 8 a.m she feels amazing I'm like okay well obviously your body is kind of designed for eating in the morning or at least, you know, a couple hours within waking. So knowing her lifestyle where she physically told me that she does not want to wake up earlier and cut her sleep even further to make food. So I asked her, can you have a banana first thing in the morning? And she almost looked at me because we, I also do Skype calls. Um, She almost looked at me like she was mad that I didn't give her something more advanced And I think that's what a lot of people make the mistake of is that when they look at nutrition, they have to do something hard in order to see the result they want. And that's not how it works. And I've said this um, example a bunch of times is like, say I told you to put on a pair of ice skates and go to an ice rink and play with NHL players for a pickup game, you'd fail miserably at it and you'd feel really shitty about yourself. So why do people do the same thing with nutrition they find the hardest diet online and expect to be successful at it when they don't have the basic skills necessary to actually do something like that so i always make sure that every single client i have has foundational you know nutrition habits that if they want to do something that extreme like you know 
not extreme, but um, more difficult, like intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet, paleo, whatever the hell you found online that seems interesting to you, I want you to have the skill set to be able to do that and be successful and not fail after a week and a half of trying it. Right? It's the same thing. If you want to play ice hockey with pros, maybe let's learn how to skate on the ice without falling on your ass every single step of the way. And then let's work on going down to one end of the rink and then coming back without falling. And then let's learn how to cut. Let's learn how to go left to right. Let's get a stick in your hand. Let's learn how to use the puck. Let's actually go shoot on the net. Like all of these steps are needed in order to get to a point where you're playing a full pickup game with people better than you. That makes sense to a lot of people. But for some reason with nutrition, they're like, oh yeah, I saw this diet, has all these rules. I'm going to go do it. And not thinking like, oh, do I have enough skills to actually be able to do this without failing like an asshole? No one thinks that way. So when I do nutrition, let's work on the basics and the foundations. And it almost sounds silly to most people, but when was the last time you actually focused on those things and got really good at it? I look at nutrition just like you know karate. If you're going to go in a karate class... They're going to put you at white belt. They don't care what your experience was before. If you show proficiency in all the movements that they want you to do, then they'll move you up in different belt classes. You're not going to go into a karate class and be like, yep, I'm here for the black belt. They'll be like, yeah, sure, here's your white belt. That's where you're starting. I don't care where you're coming from. So just like all the clients I get, I start with the most basic thing. And say, you know, after two weeks, they're so good at whatever I gave them, Let's, you know, let's get to the next thing as quick as possible. And this is the whole concept of layering. I like layering nutrition. So say with my client uh, who, who was the example where I got her to eat a banana every single morning because it was quick and easy and it's really hard to for, not to forget because I got her to literally put her banana where her keys are every morning. So when she leaves, she grabs it and eats it in the car, like bulletproof, right? And then the next thing, because she was able to do that right away, in two weeks, she was eating a banana every single morning, and she felt amazing. Who knew? You were getting calories first thing in the morning, and you actually have energy. So then I got, I asked her, like, can you get a boiled egg with um, your banana? And she's like, well, what do I have to do for that? She doesn't cook. So, this, so if you're like, duh, you boil it. Anyway, um, I got her getting boiling, um, you know, seven eggs on Sunday night, so then she has one for every single day, and then that became routine, right? It just became automatic, and now we're focusing on her protein. All the people listening that are like, well, like, how many calories should I be eating? How many, like, macros of protein should I be eating? Blah, blah, blah. All that shit does come along the way, because if you're layering properly and building your foundation, you're going to get to the hard stuff, and it's going to become automatic, right? She's at a point now where... She's eating a full breakfast that works for her lifestyle. She's hitting her macros and calories because at one point in her coaching um, journey, I got her tracking all of her food. If I started getting her to track in the very beginning, adding more stress to her life, she would not be successful at it. I made it really easy for her to progress and she saw the progression and saw how easy it was. She got more invested into it. She started making a priority out of it. So then she, when I gave her the challenge of like, hey, 
for this next two weeks, I want you to use my fitness pal and track everything that you're eating so we get an idea of what your calories are at. At this point, she was so bought in that on her lunch break, she would go on to my fitness pal on her phone and track everything she ate the day before. And that became habit and she made it a priority to a point where she told me that when people came into her office, she's like, hey, no, don't talk to me around. I need five minutes to fill this in. This is what I'm talking about, about how nutrition is so individual for each person. You need to find what works and then you can get to all that crazy shit later. So when people ask me like, you know, how do you do it? I'm like, this is exactly how you do it. There, there's no like black or white um, answer for it because it's so individual. I've had some people that, you know, contacted me for coaching and they're like, all right, so I already track my calories. I'm a CrossFit athlete. I do this, this and that. Here are my calories right now. What do you think? Awesome. We can totally go there. But I'll still go through my checklist. I'm like, you know, how many times a day are you eating? Are you eating enough protein? Are you sleeping enough? Like all that stuff, all the most basic stuff that's out there that seems silly, I'm still going to go through my checklist. And if they're good on that, then yeah, let's continue figuring out how many calories are best for the activity levels that you have and you know what macros you should be focusing on. And uh, let's go from there and see what happens. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You hear that? That's my dog sleeping. And she, like, <laughs> almost whimpers when she sleeps. Sorry, I get distracted really easily, but it's super cute when she's sleeping and she's just like dozing off and it almost sounds like <laughs> she's like gargling in a high-pitched tone. Anyway, um, so when it comes to nutrition, I like layering. So for the people who are struggling with nutrition, my advice would be, are you hitting the basics? Are you eating, you know, three to four meals a day does that work in your lifestyle does five meals work better in your lifestyle are you super busy that maybe only two to three meals would work better in your lifestyle are you eating enough protein at every single meal are you drinking enough water are you getting enough sleep are you super stressed all the time are you actually de-stressing these are all the foundations that i want people to cover and the other one i forgot to mention is like how fast do you eat you sit down for your meal and after five minutes you're done and then you're like walking around into your fridge you're like oh what else can I eat because you've had had enough you haven't had enough time for your stomach to send signals up to your brain to be like hey I'm good I'm full you can stop eating right these are all the foundational stuff that you need compared to the macros the calories calorie cycling carb cycling fat cycling all of that if you don't have the foundations, you have no business being into the most advanced stuff out there. And, you know, maybe you have those foundations. Let's look at counting your calories. So say you start counting your calories, you're at 3,000 calories a day on average. You know, are, is your goal to gain weight? Is your goal to lose weight? Say it's to lose weight, cut down 200 calories. See what happens in the next two weeks. 
if that's not the approach that works for you because you hate adding calories, go buy portion sizes. Go look up Precision Nutrition's hand portion size chart and start eating like that and then lower the amount of the portions and see if the weight comes off. If that doesn't work, if you go back to the counting calories um, example, look at the percentages of your macros. Is 50% of all your calories coming from carbs and you only have like 15% of protein? Let's switch those a little bit. Let's make protein 30% and everything else equal to that 100% ratio. Try that for two weeks. Does that change anything? There's so many different approaches to it, but as long as you have the foundations put in place, you will be successful. There's a lot of give and take, and you also have to ask yourself if you're um, in a place in your life right now where you can actually focus on your nutrition and not just hope for the best. Because sometimes I've had clients where they're just super busy and they sign up for coaching with me and you know they can only focus on two things in six months. You know, maybe they didn't see the 15 pounds of weight loss that they were hoping for, but now they're drinking water every day compared to no water and just coffee, and they're sleeping six hours instead of four hours, right? That's still a success, but you have to ask yourself, am I in a position where nutrition can be a priority, like my CEO um, client I had before where I started her off really slowly and it got her to a point where she felt like she was progressing. And when I asked her to do something more, you know, taxing for time, she made it a priority even with her busy schedule. So those are the things that you should be asking yourself, asking your clients to see if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go in the direction you want to. So those are the kind of things that I would ask myself, ask my clients, and ask anyone who's struggling with nutrition or a coach out there um, coaching other clients. Let's jump in and talk about nutrition. So if you listen to my previous episodes of nutrition, I always talk about you know habits, I talk about focusing on one thing at a time and I also talk talk about you know protein as being like kind of the first step in getting into a good groove and on the way to success now before I get into some more detailed things people need to make the mindset shift from you know if I change my eating habits and go super restrictive, whatever you decide to do, and in your head that you have this idea that, oh, in eight weeks, 12 weeks, my entire body's gonna change and I'm gonna be the shredded Greek god that you see chiseled in ancient Rome and ancient Greece, like that's not gonna happen. You know, marketers out there do a really good job in the fitness and health industry portraying this idea that you know if you follow this diet all of your issues in the last 10 20 years that you built up with bad eating habits is just going to go away and that's just far beyond from the truth so rather than thinking of 8 to 12 weeks I'm going I'm going to be able to 
change everything, lose 30 pounds, and blah, 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 blah. It's probably not going to happen. Think of, you know, a year from now, three years from now, is what you want to think of. So say you decided that, all right, I'm going to be serious about my nutrition. I'm going to give myself three years of practice to see the result I want. That almost takes off the pressure and allows you to have more room for error because you're not going to be perfect changing how you eat and your entire lifestyle. Like it's going to take some time. So that's my rule for you that if you are a fitness enthusiast and you're thinking of, I want to change up my diet and finally take control over my life, give yourself three years. It's always going to take a lot longer than you think. And then all the coaches listening with clients, you know, yeah, you can do some great transformations with people that are those types that, you know, you're like, okay, I want you to do this, and they do it right away. But those clients are a rare gem. For the most average person, three years is probably a good timeline for them to see change. And if you looked at it as a business perspective, Imagine if you were approaching every client that they're going to be with you long term. Like, that's income coming in. And if rather than switching them into a six to eight week strict diet and they lose all their weight and they're good to go, like, I would rather have a client and develop a relationship with them for three years than having them stick around for three months, they lose a bunch of weight, they leave you because they think they're done, and then they gain all the weight back, and it takes them a little bit longer to come back to you and be like, hey, this is what happened. So i rather develop a long relationship. Now, the other thing in that kind of aspect of th- three years is that you need to develop a lot of patience and keep consistent. You know, I had a client... Um, that have been training recently in person for, I think it might have been six, seven months now. And she was telling me the other day that she's like, okay, so total weight loss right now is 30 pounds. And I'm like, fuck, that's amazing. And you know what's even more amazing is that she's coming in one day a week and she's never missed one session. And coming in one day a week is that consistency. And I've said that on my show a bunch of times. It's like, you can do a lot of great things with small changes. Her one small change was coming to the gym for the very first time ever in her life one day a week, and she never would ever, ever miss. And then that trickled into an effect of like, okay, if I'm going to the gym one day a week, I can do these other small things during the week to kind of layer on top. I always teach clients about layering, you know, things that can benefit your health and they can be small things but when you add up it all together over time it adds up so to end that little thing it's going to take a long time develop patience and be consistent now what i want to go into is something a little bit more i would call it advanced and it's calories so everyone that i get that's a nutrition um client They always ask, well, so how many calories should I be eating? How many calories should I be eating? And it's like, okay, first of all, let's focus on the basics. So for the sake of this episode, let's say I have a nutrition client. They've been with me for a while. They've developed fundamentals. 
that are going to progress them into the next thing, this is where calories would come into play. So there's a lot of different um, formulas out there on calories. And you can use them. You know, there's some that are really, really specific where they account your activity level, your height, your age, everything. But this is how I do it. So if I had a nutrition client, they've worked with me, say, four months, for example, and they've developed some good habits, they kind of figure out what works for them and their lifestyle, and now, because we've developed some fundamentals, I'll ask them, all the food that you're eating right now, I want you to track it into an app and let me know how many calories you're eating right now. And because they kind of developed a groove of what they're doing, they have a pretty good idea of how many calories they're getting in. So on average, I'll get them to track three days worth of where their calories are at. And say, for the sake of the argument, they are at 1,800 calories um, per day. And they're kind of at a point where, you know, they're kind of plateaued maybe, like they still feel good, they have a lot of energy, but they that initial weight loss in the very beginning is kind of like fallen off. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Um, we're at 1,800. Let's experiment with cutting 200 calories out. So now they're at, you know, 1,600. And all we do is to make it even more simpler, what I think of 200 calories, if I had to adjust it to the individual, I'll tell them every meal that you're eating have three less bites. It might sound stupid, but if you actually add those three bites of, off every single meal, I would argue that that could calculate to that 200 calorie deficit. Because the moment you start tracking calories, you're going to realize a lot of different things of you know how much food you're actually consuming. So to kind of make it a little bit more clear, um, I always kind of advocate people eating you know three to four meals, only because when it comes to dieting and creating a deficit, if this person that we're making up is eating 1,600 calories and you divided that by like five meals, for example, that's 320 calories um, per meal. And if you actually calculated 320 calories per meal and looked at the amount of food, you're gonna feel really deprived and you're gonna be like, I hate my life. Whereas if you had say like three meals with that 1600 calories, that's 533 um, calories and those meals are going to be a little bit bigger so you're not going to feel so deprived so what you can do is rather than being so numbers based because again this is so individual this is just like an example this is not the end all be all because if I told someone to cut 200 calories they might get obsessive with numbers and all they can think about is numbers and that's just going to create more problems down the road rather than Rather, if I say, you know, when you're eating, I want you to take two to three less bites than usual. And if that, if we're following the concept of three meals, taking three bites less, that's nine bites less per day. And those nine bites can actually add up to your 200 calories. You know, if you actually weigh out and measure your food, you'd be surprised 
you know, how many of you might be actually overeating. So recently, personally for me, um, I wanted to cut weight and, you know, I was tracking my calories and I was eating 1,900 uh, per day. And in two months, I dropped 20 pounds only because I started weighing my food and making sure that I was having adequate protein. And because I eat three meals a day, I actually didn't really feel that deprived other than I had some cravings for like sugar. But, you know, that was kind of sustainable for myself because if I had to cut that into five or six meals, I would probably kill myself. But again, you'd be surprised um, how much food um, equals to calories when you actually start tracking it. And then you might even realize like, holy crap, I've been overeating this whole time. So imagine the average person that doesn't track or look at portion sizes has been eating that way for years. That stuff adds up. Just like my uh, thing earlier about consistency with my client, the only little thing she changed was coming to the gym once a week and that you know, added up over time and she saw some result. So same thing with food. If you're not tracking or looking at portion sizes, that adds up over time. Not right away, but it does add up. So an example is like, say you're eating healthy and you decide to have a bite of a Snickers bar every single day to cut that craving out. You know, maybe right now we won't do anything, but five years from now, if you continue that habit, that would probably equal to some sort of weight gain. So when you're tracking calories, you know, if you're not so obsessive with numbers, it's a good thing. If you are, I only use it as a tool to kind of make people realize. So with my client example here, you know, getting them to track their food after developing all these fundamental habits, they averaged 1,800 calories, and I want them to create a deficit a little further to see that weight loss um, go down, then by telling them, depending on what kind of person they are, by eating three bites less than food, and I want them to actually have three bites on their plate and then set it aside as leftovers for the next day is a lot, you know, more, I would call it even more gentle of an approach if someone's had, you know, an experience of like binge eating, diet cycling, like things like that. Like I try to give actual actionable steps that won't cause more harm than good. People look at nutrition as a restrictive and hard thing to do, but if you approach every situation differently for the individual, then you'll have a higher um, success rate. You know, this is why when I get a new client for nutrition, they always ask, like, well, how does it work? And I'm like, fuck, well, it really, really depends on you. You as an individual. This is why I like developing relationships with people to figure out what works best for them. Like, I can't give a black and white answer that, okay, well, you know, in this nutrition program, you're going to be eating this many calories. You're going to be focusing on this list of food. Like, it doesn't work for everyone. I've had clients like that where they work best with Okay, tell me what I need to eat every day and I'll do it. Like I literally had a online coaching client that was a CEO of a company and he was just like, okay, 
tell me what I need to eat, create a meal plan for me, and I'm going to get my chef to cook me all these foods, and I'll just bring them to work. And that worked for them. But for other people, that might not be the best approach. So when it comes to numbers, I find that the majority of the people that I get have had some bad experiences with dieting, and I don't want them to be so numbers-based. I just want to kind of sprinkle that in, see how they react. If they're not obsessive about it, maybe later down the road I'll add a little bit more. This is how I tailor things to people. So all the fitness enthusiasts listening, if you've never counted calories before, you know, and you've seen that plateau, I would highly recommend going on like my fitness pal, track your food there for three days, get the average, and then create a little deficit of like 100 to 200 calories by just eating a little less. See how the body feels, write down, like I get people to write down how they feel when they change anything in their diet, like make mental notes. So say you do a deficit and you're hungry all the freaking time and you can't function, maybe that deficit was a little bit too much or maybe you're not eating enough protein to kind of crave those hunger cues. Like listen to your body and try not to obsess over the small little details. Counting calories can be a really useful tool, but on the flip side can actually cause a lot more harm than good and spiral you out of control. I've seen it happen, so be very, very careful of how do you utilize these things. All right, you guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed that as much as I did and feeling a little bit motivated, have a little tangible goals and looking at success a little bit differently. Um, remember to hit the show notes of this episode, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram and sign up for the pre-sale list for my book. I am constructing the website right now and I'm so excited to launch this thing, share this thing and also announce the um, official release date, which is coming up this week. So a little Christmas present for you guys. And this weekend, I'm actually going to be doing a little preview for my book. So you're going to have to watch that or listen to that, but uh, highly recommend you watch it instead. So another reason for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, because I've been posting a lot of video content and I want you guys to be a part of it. And that's it for me. Until next time, you guys, 